I'm going to speak on the cry of purpose. Isaiah 44 and 6 from the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says, your king and your redeemer, the host of the Lord's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God who is like me. Let him step forward who thinks he's like me and prove. I established you, says the Lord. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses, says the Lord. Is there any other God? No, there is not one. Someone say, no, there is not one. No one besides me, says the Lord, who proclaimed your purposes. Our context stories, Exodus 3. If you want to follow there in just a little bit, I'll get there. But Psalms 57 and 2 says, I will cry out to the Lord most high. Someone say most high. Who accomplishes all things on my behalf. Isn't it wonderful that he's going to accomplish all things on your behalf? And he completes my purpose in his plan. I want you to say my purpose in his plan. We've talked about the God of the unlikely the last couple of weeks, the God of uncertain seasons that seems to choose someone at the oddest time to do the most unbelievable thing. And this morning he will do it again. I want you to say the cry of my purpose is heard in the heavens this moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your word. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. You know how much I need you. Speak to my brothers and sisters in this room and those listening by podcast. Lord, let their purpose come align even more for every one of us. Change us, rearrange us, and let the cry that's heard in the heavenlies be heard in this room. In Christ's name, and everyone said... Amen. If there's ever a time that the world needed a deliverance plan, it is now. Can I get an amen? You are a part of that plan. You are a part of God's agenda. You were born to live in this time period. Think how cool it would have been if you lived in the 1800s. Well, that would have been cool. I love time period pieces, but I don't want to live there. Can I get an amen? We'd all ridden up this morning on our horse and buggies, and somebody would have had to stay with the horses, and somebody would have had to clean up the horse, things that are left behind when horses are left unattended. And uh, we would have had no air and no heating. You're so glad I didn't cuss. Glory to God. Or you could have lived in the 1900s before there was even colored television, before there was all kind of wonderful things. The motor car was not invented to 1886. But God predestined you. And I'm saying this to you to say today, do not be afraid by world events. Do not be alarmed of where classified documents are in people's garages. Can I say Amen. Do not be alarmed at anything going on in the world or the other parts of the world. God chose you to live in this time period, in this age. You were chosen to live in 2023. That was God's choice. Give him a praise today. That was his choice. He chose the age you would be in 2023. He chose where you would be in 2023. Your purpose cried out before him. Whether this is the last days or, as my friend or acquaintance, Jimmy Evans says, the beginning of the last days. Don't be obsessed with that. Jesus said, get people saved and occupy until I come. Change worlds. Change nations. I often like to think of the faith as a pie, like a beautiful apple pie. Cheryl cooks the best apple pies in the world. And if you take that pie and cut it up into eight pieces, that's kind of like our kingdom lifestyle. No piece should be greater. Faith is important, but faith works with love. The end times is important, but end times work 
dealing with me being who I'm called to be. You have to know today, live for the best day of your life as if it was the last day or the day of the beginning of a thousand days. Can I get an amen? Purpose, the definition is the reason for which something or someone is created. I believe there's a cry of purpose going forth from your life right now, going before the throne room. It has nothing to do with all that you have become in the past. It has nothing to do with anyone you have helped so far. You see, those are great. Even in Church of the Harvest timeline, a lot of times we'll reminisce, but I really guard people from ever saying that was the best day because Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Remember how I parted the Red Sea? But that was nothing compared to what I'm going to do. You see, whatever God has done in your life in the past, you will never build a memorial to that and say, well, that was the best season when Betty got her guitar up here and she went to grinning and to picking and people were throwing their wigs and their babies and it was just fantastic. God will never let you build a memorial to yesterday, not to your success or to your failures. He wants you to live in the respect that you say, it's not who I have affected thus far to this moment, whether I am 18 or 80, it has everything to do right now, your purpose with who you will affect in the future and who you will become. And that's what I believe the cry of purpose is saying. This morning before the throne room of heaven, the chains of those that you will affect in the future, future addicts, future prodigals, future weary ministers, future people going through divorces, that cry is going before the heavens. And if I could space us out this morning and we could stand one by one and we could say behind you is an endless line of people you have never met, you have never known of, that you will affect. And the cry of those people's purpose is going before the throne room saying don't give up don't get in and don't get distracted stay where you are and do the works of Jesus can you give him praise this morning for church of the harvest today there's a cry of purpose going into the heavenlies I asked the Lord to allow me to hear it and to a degree I can if it was too much I wouldn't be able to stand here of people that have yet to come here and find Christ, the broken, the wounded, the prodigal I challenged over here last week. So I want to ask you this morning, anyone felt intimidated lately? Anyone felt inadequate lately? Anyone fe felt like you're facing stumbling blocks? Well, you know what? You have a gate and a hurdle just like the prodigal that you're going to have to learn. We got you into the house, and once we get the prodigal into the house and get him to Jesus, Jesus then will change lives. But for you and I, we have hurdles. We have gates that we've got to get past. You think the enemy is opposing you over what you did yesterday? He doesn't care what you did yesterday. It's already under the blood. It's already written in the 
the Lamb's book of life. It's already blessed. But what he's concerned is he wants to scatter you, distract you, push you back. He wants to keep you from everyone that's in your future. That's what he wants to stop. He wants to narrow the gate of heaven. He wants to enlarge the gates of hell. But King Jesus is still the head of the church. And King Jesus says, my purpose will prevail. Somebody give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. So if you get discouraged, get back up. If you relapse, start again. Well, I ain't an addict. I bet you've relapsed like me a few times and made a little pity party, but nobody wanted to come to it. Can I get an amen? And gave your resignation to no one that wanted to take it. Maybe you're afraid and you need to take a deep breath and say to your soul, be strong and take courage. I speak to myself a lot because you listen to what you say. And I speak the word. And when I get discouraged, I say, oh, 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 no, so. Oh, no, 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 so. Be strong and take courage. This morning, I love to look up in Strong's, but I'm running late and Holy Spirit's throwing me scriptures, but he's not telling me where they're at. I'll say to Siri, where does the Bible say? Well, this morning I called on Alexa, who sits across from my desk. She said, I don't know, Rhonda. I don't know how to find that. I said, well, Siri does. You obviously don't know the word like Siri does. Come on, Siri, show Alexa what you got. I literally did that. Holy Ghost just hangs around me for comedy, I think. Maybe you feel like you have overwhelming responsibility. That's your hurdle or that's your gate you can't get through. Life is just pushing in on you. Hebrews says in 12, 12, take a new grip with your tired hands. Everybody do this. Take a new grip. There you go, and you can put it down. Sometimes you just got to say, I said to some people, we just invested a good amount of money and labor, which I will not share how that was done, but on this building to keep it till we start our building fund this Easter and prepare to arise and build. Can I get an amen? But we wanted a place that you felt more comfortable about. And when we were looking at it, sometimes people get weary, and I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, because I Take a firm grip with your weak hands. Strengthen your knees. We got to mark out a path for those coming behind us. And sometimes you've got to speak to your own soul and say, soul, you better take a firm grip. You got to tell yourself, you better strengthen your knees because there's more coming behind you that needs King Jesus. Sometimes you've got to say the words of Habakkuk. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery. He makes my feet like a feet of a deer. And I will not stand still in terror behind the gate that blocks me I will not stand still behind the hurdle I can't get over but he makes my feet like a deer that I can make progress upon my spiritual high places of trouble suffering and responsibility his name is El Elyon and he's higher than any hurdle he's higher than any gate there's nothing he can't get over and with God inside of you you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus somebody give him praise this morning Lord, that little woman can stop. That's okay. I've been stomping since I was two, and I'll keep doing it till they have to wheel my wheelchair up here. When they do that, I'll do this. Come on. If your weakness has been tormenting you like a relentless taskmaster, take control and say, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And if your opponent is pushing against you, you say, you know what? If God be for me, he is more he is more than a conqueror. He's more than the world against me. Someone say, he's more than the world. So this cry of purpose came to me from the book of Exodus, which Exodus means exit. 
getting you out of a place you don't need to be. Amen and amen and amen. And God works through different people and different means. 1 Corinthians 12 and 6, the Phillips translation. But it is the same God, someone say the same God, who achieves his purposes through them all. You are part of God's mandate. And in Exodus, the, the scene opens up after Joseph has been so highly regarded. We touched this a few weeks ago and Israel's in bondage. They're being beaten down by the taskmasters. And the Pharaoh said, let us deal shrewdly with them. Let us make their, their life bitter and put double burdens. You wonder why sometimes the enemy wants to put double burdens on you? He wants to stop your progress. He wants to halt down your progress. So he just tries to burden you on the left and burden you on the right. I'm going to tell you what I said on a Joni Table Talk years ago in 2010 with Dr. Doug Weiss, who you'll come to know this year, I'll tell you about him more later. Uh, he's a friend of a good friend of mine, uh, a very good friend of a good friend of mine. But at any rate, and he said to me, Rhonda, what would you tell someone watching on TV today that someone broke up with them and broke their heart and, and uh, you know, t t and left them with the engagement ring? I'd say this, go sell that engagement ring at a pawn shop. Buy yourself a convertible. Take the top down. Roll the windows down. Then you just go driving down the highway with your hair whipping in the wind and say, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Come on, somebody. You see, at 61, I can say that, but when I was 16 and facing that, I was crying and whining to mama. But when you get older, you understand that you can look at a situation and say, thanks be to God who got that thing out of my life can I get an amen and an amen in Exodus Exodus 2 <laughs> just get the visual of the convertible Dr. Weiss laughed so hard Pastor Hank even lost it he was on the table talk with me and a man of the house of Levi Exodus 2 conceived and bore a son when she's with his wife they were both of the house of Levi's and she saw that he was a beautiful child and she hid him someone say she hid him but when she could no longer hide him, she put him in a bulrush. You know, this is Moses. She put him out on the water, and his sister stood afar off. Verse 6. And when Pharaoh's daughter opened up the basket, and she saw the child, the child cried. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. What I believe happened in that moment, the cry of Moses' purpose was going before the heavenlies. Pharaoh's daughter couldn't literally hear that, but the heavens were saying, don't let that purpose die. Do you know over your life today, the heavens are saying, don't let his purpose die. Don't let her purpose die. God was setting in motion a plan conceived 400 years earlier, but it looked so different. Jehoshaphat the mother of Moses had no idea the place she the place she was playing in God's plan and neither do you look at your neighbor and say neither do you Jehoshaphat this morning represents the church to me she represents you as an individual she's doing what she can to fulfill her purpose the Bible says when she looked at her purpose which was Moses he was a beautiful a goodly child in the Hebrew which is translated in the Hebrew root well favored I want you to say my purpose is well favored I want to tell you that purpose excels in desperate, inconvenient, don't have enough, 
don't feel like in circumstances. Did you hear me? Your purpose excels when you feel desperate, when it feels inconvenient, when you don't think you're enough. The cry of purpose went before the heavens, and God said, don't let that purpose die. And right now in this room, there are cries of purpose going before the heavens for your life, for your future. You can't hear them. I can't hear them. But heaven hears it. And that's why heaven keeps pushing on you. Don't give up. Keep going. Get over the hurdles. Get over the gates. Use your gift. Use what you have in your hands. Someone give King Jesus a praise this morning. And I love that God stepped in. I love that God stepped in to do what only God can do. Probably everyone in this room has a rescue story like this. I remember when I was married to a cocaine addict. That man died. I remarried him three years later. Married him 40 years so he went to heaven. But I remember being so overwhelmed. My daddy was a state bishop, and my local pastor, Ronnie Brock, Pastor North Cleveland at that time, came out to preach at this big conference. And when he was done, I was so desperate. My husband wasn't with me. He was using somewhere. But I remember I thought, you can't go to the altar. You're the state bishop's daughter. Everyone will think something is wrong. I'm going to tell you about this. The desperate don't care what anyone thinks about them. The desperate don't care. Well, there she goes down there again to the altar. There he goes. Didn't he go every day, Betty? Every time we have church, Billy Bob goes to the altar. Well, I'm telling you, I'd rather be Billy Bob and go to the altar every week and take advantage of the corporate anointing than someone sitting back saying, I've got it all together. Can I get a God bless you this morning? Finally, that desperation just choked me. And my pastor said, and my parents said, as they all cried, talking to me later, it looked like I literally crawled. And my pastor was in the center of that stage, the very stage I had married my husband at that local church in Southern California. And when I got there, I couldn't touch his feet because I knew it wasn't him, but got as close as I could. I couldn't lift my head. And I began to wail and ask King Jesus, why am I going through this? I married believing you were with me. I married someone saved. I married someone with their act together. How did I get here, King Jesus? I don't know that anything changed, but I left puddles of tears. And when I got up, up week I walked back to my seat and I didn't care what anybody said well there's this bishop's daughter she must be in big bad trouble I didn't care because the heavens said she's just crying out for her future she can't figure this out she's hurting hell is on her back but today heaven came to meet her come on somebody don't you ever hold back on these altars. Don't you ever hold back from coming forth. What God is saying to you, he said to Jehoshaphat, what do you have in your hand? David had a slingshot, but he killed Goliath. Moses had a rod, but he parted the Red Sea. The widow had just a little bit of oil. Jehoshaphat knew her purpose had to live. There's a voice in the age that says your purpose has to die. There's a voice of the age that says the church church's purpose has to die but I've got news for you God partners with people to bring miracles can I get an amen throughout scripture God splits the sea but Moses raises his rod God demolishes the walls of Jericho but the shout went up from Joshua God calls the Midianites to be destroyed but Gideon had to lower his army God used the widow's jar of oil all she had listen 
to me. Sometimes I said it to God this morning, not because of this message, but this is what I've got in my hand. God delights in using people to bring miracles. Jesus healed the paralytic, but his friends had to lower him in the roof. I wonder in your life who is crying out for someone to simply break the roof off. Don't take this roof, people. We're fixing it. But take the roof off and get them into the presence of Jesus. If you're willing, wave a hand and let the angels take a snapshot this morning. Jehoshaphat, listen, it said she was a Levite. That was her birthright. She was an ordained wife of a priest. But in this moment, she's dressed like a slave. She looks like a slave. She's afflicted with burdens. She's afflicted with a gate she can't through. She's afflicted with a hurdle she can't get over. The harshness of Pharaoh makes Hitler look like a nice guy. But she clung to what God said about her. If you don't value your purpose, you will not protect your purpose. Because what you don't value, you do not protect. Can I get an amen? Until we protect that, because if the enemy can't get you to think differently about God, by this point, most of us, the enemy think, hey, I can't change their mind. They're going to say God is good no matter what. They're going to trust God no matter what. Through their tears, they may have a thousand questions, but they're going to get up. When he can't change your mind about God, he will move in to change your mind about you, that you begin to think, if people really knew my circumstances, if they really knew what was in my mind, if they knew the thoughts I had as I drove up here, it wasn't just that bad. I had a few thoughts while they were singing worship this morning. If they knew what I was thinking, if they knew how I had acted this week, they would say I'm not qualified. Well, first of all, none of us wants to live in each other's brain. Can I get an amen? I don't want to know the thoughts in your brain. I'm trying to manage my own thoughts. Can I get an amen? And if people knew, but Jehoshaphat said, I may look like a slave. I may presently be a slave. But if I don't fulfill the will of God, we focus on the what if. If I do this, what will happen? If I do that, sometimes we need to focus on what will happen if I don't obey God. What will happen if I don't use my purpose? What will happen if I don't reach out to that person at work? You say, well, when I get my life in order, my purpose will be used. When I get everything in order, you will never get everything in order. You will never be perfect. And if you see some people on TV, especially me, but you see my weaknesses weekly, and you think, my goodness, they've got that all together. I wish I could bring you into a room where generals of the faith talk about their misgivings, their inadequacies, their weaknesses, their fears. No one is ever ready, but with God all things are possible can you say amen come on can you say amen maybe she could have said and maybe you said things like that don't happen around here I mean mama was crazy papa was an alcoholic uncle bud well he was in an insane asylum most of his life and then there's grandmother Jojo on that side and she was wild I come from a long line of mistakes and you have to say the adage that we say often it's a long line of mistakes until it ran into you it's a long line of sin until it ran into you we have to stop saying that kind of thing doesn't happen with me that good thing doesn't happen through me. You see, even your greatest mistakes cannot and will not interrupt your purpose. Can I get an amen? For in Christ, Colossians 2 and 18, all the fullness, everyone say the fullness. 
of the Godhead dwells in him, and you are complete in him. Say complete. In Christ dwells all the goodness of the Father, the creator, the author, the originator of the universe. In Christ is the fullness of Jesus Christ. And that means Christ in me. I can be a finisher. I can be determined. I can finish. I quote over myself, Rhonda, you're a finisher. You're not just a starter because Christ is in you. We have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which means we come to the end of how we're going to do this after every dinner theater, after every queen for a day, after every Easter. I'll say, my God, what are we going to do next year? We just pulled every bunny out of the house habit we knew but then comes Holy Spirit and says I've got things you never thought of he's got solutions to problems you can't finish you are complete when you can't he can when you can't he can when you can't he can you are complete in the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and you need to start saying over yourself I am whole that's complete I am complete he is my sufficiency. Someone say amen. Even your greatest mistakes. Grace gives you what you don't deserve. Mercy keeps from happening to you what should happen to you. And there's mercy and grace you need to extend to others through your purpose. Every sin and failure in your life, you think, how can God weave it just like Moses into my purpose? I'm going to tell you something. God factors in times for your disobedience. He factors in time for forgiveness. He factors in time for restoration. And then he merges you back on his highway of purpose as if that time had never been lost. I love it, Chris, when I'm on a plane and the pilot said, well, we lost some time in that storm. We lost some time when they kept us on the ground. We lost some time here. But, I love it when he says, but there's a headwind now behind us and we're going to soar all the way and we might even arrive there early. Isaiah 40 says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. It means there's a soaring, there's a wind of the Spirit that'll get you exactly where you need to be at the exact time, at the exact place. You were created for purpose. Somebody praise Him. Come on, praise Him in this house. You might feel like you're behind. I'm 61. Well, have an African sister that dropped off a book at Daystar. The producer's comment. We need your address, Pastor. Well, they all have it, but some of them don't. Her husband went to heaven. They evangelized all of Africa. She said, I want this to be sent to that. Pastor Rhonda Davis. At an old age, she, she wrote a book. You're never too old. You're never too young. Don't sit in the corner. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not too late. It's just early. It's just early. It's just early. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Psalms 138.8. Bob Schaefer, a great news correspondent with CBS, said that the greatest things in his life did not happen till after he was 65. Can I just get like a huge praise from the older folks with me? Till after he was 65. Don't let anyone put you in the corner, baby. Okay, keep moving. Purpose is determined. Purpose is set. No one can fire you and interrupt your purpose. No one can reject you and interrupt your purpose. No one can overlook you and interrupt your purpose. No heartbreak in high school that you cried to your mama and your daddy could interrupt your purpose. Purpose will keep pressing on through pain, through disappointments, through sorrow, through suffering. Our predecessors in this country and in the body of Christ kept 
pressing forward. They found dignity in the purpose. They found hope in the purpose. And so you will give King Jesus a hand as Josh comes up to help me. Come on, give him a big praise this morning. I have an illustration that some people are going to help me with in closing. Don't worry about that. Don't think, oh, my God, they're going to tap me spontaneously. Don't worry. I want to talk to you about finding purpose in your pain before we get to that cry of purpose. You know, I'm in a, a crazy place. The church is like my spouse and my fourth child. That's what my elders say, and truly it is. I, I live, eat, and breathe the kingdom in this church in ways I can't even explain. And uh, sometimes yeah, the, we're finding some purpose for Pastor Hank's clothing. And a lot of my friends that lost their husband had everything gone in three months, but I just couldn't. <laughs> His clothes um, are in the room where I study. And I just go over and grab that vest, that jacket, and kiss it. I know that's crazy. Um, they remind me so much, but we wanted to, Christine keeps just saying, just think of everything that can be in this closet. Just think about it. Get my vision, you know. <laughs> she wasn't quite dramatic like that. But <laughs> I'm buying your lunch. Be good. <clears throat> but this week, Matt, we got a little closer to that, and we sent Pastor Billy a beautiful white eagle jacket, Pastor Nikki, and then sons of this house are now being, and other sons of the faith, Steve Parker, were giving things. But it's so funny, we went in there, and Pastor Tim, we were in there, and, and I was doing good, and I put my hand inside his shoe that he should have given away 40 years ago. You know what I mean? And when I put my hand inside that shoe, I just lost it. And she was there, so just kind of, you know, I said, I'm okay, I'm okay. But every time I get to one of those moments, Pastor Todd, I tell King Jesus, don't let me waste this. Help me to find purpose in this pain. Anything I'm to bring to the earth. Ooh, mercy, mercy. Let me not miss it. Let me not waste it. Let me use this day to glorify your kingdom. But you see, we have to say to our pain, I will find purpose through you. One day, your pain will preach. Don't give up before it does. In fact, decree this trial, that thing I went through in my past, that season will serve purpose. What was meant according to Romans 8 and 28, we know all things work together for those who love God and live according to His purpose. Everyone say His purpose. Moreover, 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 <laughs> move over, whom He predestined, created, called, justified, and glorified. God has predestined you. He's glorified you. He's justified you. And you have to say to that, if there's something in me, that's what I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, because I feel that you are so full of purpose in this church too. Lord, don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss the deliverance plan, the redemption plan I'm to bring to others. Don't let me waste, Lord, whatever I'm going through. Maybe you don't like the season you're in right now. Maybe it's not what you imagined. Yeah. Maybe it's not how you imagined. Yeah. Maybe it's not where. Well, it is where I imagined. But maybe for you it's not. Make a determination and say, God, I didn't waste the season when I raised my babies. Pastor Barbara and I were partners in ministry, and we loved our children. There's a lot of things we said no to. We used to talk about that so we could say yes to our children. And we talked about, it. you know, is it worth it? We, we think it is worth it. Other people would go into big events. We'd stay home with our kids. 
I can tell you today that neither of us have any regrets, right, Pastor Bart? No regrets at all of investing in our children. You see, whatever season you're in, if it's in schooling and you're over your head like Misty, who's going to be the most educated individual in Bradley County. I just love you. She's going to make purpose in this season. Pastor Ramon Jehoshaphat was a slave. She dressed like a slave. She looked like a slave. But she didn't let what she looked like, what she didn't have. My first message is people went and bought me clothes. I went day store. I think they thought I looked terrible. They had a big event and everyone brought me clothes. I thought, am I that bad? And here's money. Go buy more clothes. And buy a purse that looks better than that. And get some shoes. So they're just so sweet. I thought, whoa. But I didn't care. If I went on borrowed shoes, a borrowed outfit, maybe you feel like I don't have the right look to do the will of God. I don't have the right words. God says, I'll be with your mouth like you told Moses. Whatever season you're in, the people before us pushed through. Paul, the great apostle of the Bible, says we are pressed on every side by trouble, but we're not crushed. I mean, Paul, Pastor Tim, when I get weary, this last summer I went through a place, some changes went on with someone close to me. It just really threw me for a loop. More on that another day, a female friend. And kind of threw me for a loop because that wasn't my path. And I'd be crying out in my backyard, me and my cat and a stray dog. But I'd be crying out there and worshiping. And the Lord would say, "Go, come on, go back to your mentor. Go back to your mentor. And I'd just go start reading everything Paul said. I just kept reading it and I kept reading it. Because his words speak to me as a pastor. But he said, we're pressed on every side, but our purpose goes forward. We are perplexed, but we're not crushed. We're not driven to despair. We just keep pressing on over the gate and over the hurdle. You see, sometimes we think, God, when I get my act together, when everything's good, when I have the right thoughts, when I walk into a room, like, glory be to the Lord, everybody. I came to speak to you about the kingdom. Stand up, please. That's never going to happen. If you do, we're going to think you're weird. Come on. When I get this together, I mean, people just knew how messy my drawers are. My friend Kendra that worked with me, we had a secret. It was called hide everything in closets and drawers. So anytime anyone came, she was, I'm throwing it in here. We were throwing things in there because we left things out a lot. That doesn't disqualify me. Maybe you're so neat we could eat off the bottom of your feet. We're not going to let that disqualify you, okay? Whatever, wherever you are, but you say, when I pray more, in fact, Bill Johnson, Michael Cook, you'll love this. I was studying some writings he did on revival this week. And he says, basically, revival never comes where people had it together. Like, I have fasted 75,000 days, not eaten liver in 21 days. Neither have I, but hallelujah. I have done this and I've done that. And then revival brought forth. He goes, that's rare. The great revivals came unexpectedly to people who did not deserve it. Because if they deserved it, they would have said, we did it. We did it. We deserved it. You see, so when you say that, Paul goes on to say, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist said when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. All of this, I want you to say all of this, is for someone's benefit. That's what he said. We don't give up in trouble. We never get up. We get, we get angry. We get mean. We get ugly. We get hangry. Can I get an amen? But then we're going to get back up. Because what he said is so true. The glory will be equal and greater than the suffering. So last month, our dear spiritual children, Jeannie and Chris, lost their fourth child, a baby, before he even turned one. I prophesied over that baby at the pastor's homegoing that night. They came in. 
And I said, for such a time as this, this baby is coming. And Jenny and I both thought it was a girl. I didn't hear a girl, but when that came out, but it was for the time. But I've watched the glory. My friend Terry, who I worked out with Jim, it was her family that got hit on Christmas Day, that terrible tragedy where a mother and father were killed and the rescuers got in and pulled out the three children. My friend Terry, on her green acres, we walked many miles on the greenway. She goes to Elkmont Baptist Church, wonderful Baptist Church. These are people of faith. I've watched her. I mean, my heart hurt so bad the first weeks. I just, I just wanted to get to Terry, but I couldn't. I knew what that bubble was like. But I've watched her, her and her husband just keep going forward and just keep declaring our hearts are crushed. Our son and our daughter-in-law were killed. Now we're raising these three children. But she keeps proclaiming, greater is he that is in me. You see, if people like that don't stop and keep moving forward, so can you, so can I, and so can the church. Can you give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Come on, give him the best praise. Hallelujah. So she heard the cry of Moses' purpose, that same purpose that said, don't let that baby die. In that baby is a meek man coming out of the wilderness. Song of Solomon says, who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on the arm of his beloved? It was Moses. Forty years in the wilderness, he comes out. But his cry of purpose was that meek man leaning on his cane and on the Lord that was so brazen when he was 40. At 80, is so dependent upon God. Don't despise the wilderness. There's even a purpose in the wilderness. And inside of him is those great words that will say to the greatest emperor of the world, let my people go, says the Lord. And the, world, the gods of the world will battle against the God Yahweh with the plagues but at the end God will bring over millions of Jews out of Egypt to the promised land that was the cry of purpose that God would get his people out someone say hallelujah this morning I think about the purpose of Jesus Christ as he was in the garden of Gethsemane the cry of purpose that was going before his throne of people like Joel of Rhonda of Matt everyone in this room saying please don't let him give up because he's got our purpose no we didn't say that no we didn't live but heaven heard the cry of purpose of every son and daughter of the most high God who would put their faith in the name of Jesus Christ the king of kings and the lord of lords and Jesus Christ despised the shame he set his face like a flint and he said I will not be ashamed I will fulfill the will of my God and when he said to die it is finished it was final payment and you and I were free and clear somebody give him a shout of praise the cry of purpose of Peter the apostle when he denied Christ and we're going to move in to our church when he denied Christ and wanted to give up we know it was bad because Jesus said I've prayed your faith won't fail you I've prayed for you because Satan's coming for you Peter he's going to try to sift you but I've already prayed for you. I already know what's going to happen. I'm ahead of you. And when he failed Christ miserably and denied him, and he's laying there, I believe it was the cry of purpose of the cripple who would walk at the gate beautiful. It was Dorcas who he would raise from the dead. It was all the miracles inside that man was the glorious sermon at Pentecost where thousands would come to know Jesus. And the cry of purpose went before the throne room that got Peter off his face and restored to Jesus. And he became, I give Jesus. Jesus prays for the cry of purpose. Do you as well? 
1981, there was a man named Hank Davis, horrifically hooked on cocaine and many, many other things. And as he was taking his hit, and as he was doing what he was doing, his cry was going before the throne room. Don't let that man die. There are thousands that will come to Jesus because once he gets saved, he will not relent on the kingdom of Jesus. As hard as he lived for the devil, he's going to live just as hard and harder for the kingdom. There's some prodigals the Lord is prophesying this morning. As hard as they are living for darkness, they're going to live even harder for the kingdom of Jesus. Somebody give a shout of hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let him die there's a whosoever church he will build Hank Davis walked to the altar and you know that story gave his life and then brought us together as I was divorced the cry of my purpose went before the throne room everyone's telling her she already said this a few times she can't fulfill the will of God she's divorced she's marred she can't do it but the cry of every woman I've taught glory be to your name alone I'm deserving as I am for 32 years, every sermon I've preached to one or to thousands was crying before the Lord and saying, don't let her die. And then when that evangelist, Hank Davis, that had won thousands to the Lord, says to his wife, Rhonda Davis, we're going to start a church. I said, great, let's go to Phoenix. Let's go to Florida. Let's go to Yakima. I told Pastor Bishop Jim and Ron Bowen this week, we met, anyway, some friends from, from Atlanta. I told them about Pastor David Bishop wanted Hank and I to take over the church at Yakima. Yakima, he calls it Yakima, I call it Yakima. And we, for two hours, he convinced us every reason why he turned over this magnificent, glorious, large church of God up in the upper state of Washington that loved Hank Davis. And we would become the next pastor. We did two years, and he turned it over to us. We said, Pastor, can we drive you up to this little property we're looking at? And we got him up here. We walked through the dirt out here. He stood, and he looked at it, and he said, he said, shoot you guys aren't coming to Yakima the destiny of God is all over this property God is all over this place God is going to build I was at North Cleveland sitting in the overflow room with my baby Courtney Hank Davis was off evangelizing he was trying to get me to come to Cleveland and I kept fighting him anywhere but here because I knew what this city was like I grew up here anywhere but here take us to Cali Lord take us to Phoenix take us to Florida Lord and I was sitting there and a man got up and sang Naaman, I know it sounds funny, but go dip in the Jordan. When he said that, I was holding my baby. I got up. I got in my car. I knew what my Jordan was. I drove up here. It wasn't our property yet. Out there in the dirt, I turned on some worship music. In him, we live and move and have our being. My baby was asleep in the car seat with the door open. I sat on the ground in the dirt crying because I saw King Jesus above this property. And he took his arm and he pulled in the scattered sheep from the north and the south and the east and the west and he looked down at me and he said do not fight me anymore says King Jesus this is a place where healing will come I tell you I got up and danced all in that dirt and today I thank him that this purpose prevailed despite my weaknesses despite my fear despite my stubbornness someone give him praise and the cry of purpose goes for Church of the Harvest. For everyone in this room, I could say your name, and I could just say there's a cry of purpose for your purpose from this day forward, for what you will bring to this earth, what is inside of you, what's in your hand, what is your gift. 
I wish I could make you hear the sound. In this room, healing has come. Marriages have been healed. Prodigals come home. Tears have been shed from that side to that side. People that never thought they would live again have found a purpose to live again. People have come home. I wish I could show you what the sound of purpose might sound like. And it sounds a little bit like this. Hallelujah. Can you stand everywhere you are and give King Jesus a praise this morning? Come on, can you give King Jesus the praise this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Now look at me. I want you to do this. This is your purpose. I just want you to step out. It won't be long, I promise. It's 12.03. We're good. And just like Jehoshaphat, I want you to come and bring it to the shore. Come and stand in the altar and just bring it. We're going to pray over you. Just with your hand, just come and walk and bring your purpose, your future, your gift, your talent, your ability. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, King Jesus. Yes, King Jesus. Yes, King Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, King Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, King Jesus. Father, we come with our hands extended, representing our purpose, our gifting, our talent, who we will affect and how we will encourage others. Maybe some of us standing here can't even figure out how that could possibly be, but you still say it shall be so. Lord, we just ask that you would help us to be faithful. We can't hear the cry of the people we're to help. Each person in this altar, in this room, and listening by podcast, each have individual past, things they've been through, experience that makes them a professional helper, Lord. Use what we've been through. Let us not waste any season, Lord. Let us not waste any day. Bring through us to the earth, whether it's a kind word, an encouragement, a God bless you, a prayer, a written note, Lord our children, our families, whatever it is, Lord, we want to ask you to take what we have right now, what's in our hand, and use it for your glory and use it for your praise, Lord. When we get discouraged, help us to speak to ourselves. When we feel forgotten, help us to remind ourselves, Lord, that you are for us, God. Let us encourage our own self, Lord. If others don't encourage us, let us just speak out loud to ourselves. We've got to go along in the woods or in the car and say, I have purpose. I have a destiny. You have made me for your purpose, Lord. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. You have made me for your purpose, Lord. And I want to use it. Lord, don't waste anything we've been through. Don't let us waste anything we've been through. Let us use it to bring help and hope and peace and joy to others, Lord. Whatever has almost killed us like Paul, perplexed us, crushed us, let us get up and use it to bring glory to you, King Jesus. Not by our own might, our own power, but by your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. Now, if you would just lift your hands and let's pray a prayer of purpose over harvest this morning. Where These sermons have been more about harvest, so let's do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the purpose of Church of the Harvest. We pray for the future that you have for this church. We pray, Lord, that your will would be sovereign regarding building, regarding funds. You, Lord, would take your purpose, move man out of the way and man's plans and man's ideas and do what you have decreed from the beginning, God. 
Lord, make every crooked place straight and do what only you can do, God. We pray, Lord, for the purpose of Church of the Harvest, that you would send more laborers into the field. You would send more people in to join us, Lord God, that we can reach this vast hurting society. Lord, you saved this mountain. You saved this land. You saved Hank and Rhonda Davis, Lord. Now, take this church to the next place, Lord, of whosoever. Lord, those are straddling the fence, let them get committed. Those that are in and out, let them get committed. Lord, let this church be raised up as a lighthouse to the whosoever, the muddy, the unclean, the hurting, the desperate, regardless of what they look like, sound like, walk in, just let them know there's a body here who says, come as you are, and Jesus will fill in the gap. Lord, we pray blessing and strength and great revival over Church of the Harvest. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Now just give him the best praise. Stay right where you are. Just give him the best praise. Hallelujah.